Hello. Hey, hey. First ever episode. Yes. How's so? Today, we have an amazing guest. He's was born and bred in Nepal. Lived in Nepal most of his life, until he came to America for his university, and so now he works in within the financial services industry. I'd like to introduce you guys to Ankit. How how are you doing, Ankit? Hey, hey, man. Yeah, thanks for the lovely introduction. Um, you know, I'm doing good. Doing good. Excited to be here. Excited to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we get some really good um, conversation out of this. Of course, of course, yeah. So let's let's not let's not beat around the bush, and let's straight get into right. it. So tell me, tell me about your childhood. How's how was living in Nepal? Where were you born, etc. Right. So my childhood. Um. So I'm the only uh, child in the family. Um. You know that comes with its mm-hmm. pros and cons. Um, yeah. I was born in Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. Uh, how was my childhood like? Um, it was pretty interesting, I think. Um, well, my mm-hmm. both my parents, they're both uh, they were both working, so you know, mm-hmm. even with that, uh, it's it's a little tricky when you're the alone child because sometimes it's really easy to feel alone, but at the same time, you mm-hmm. kind of also feel independent. You'll be like, all right, you know what? I've done this in my entire life. Why can't I keep doing it? But um, yeah, apart from that, uh, I I I think I'm pretty fortunate to have a really good childhood. In sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, I um, people think that when you're a lone child, you're kind of like a spoiled brat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty sure, yeah, you get that a lot as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like to think otherwise because I think I started out pretty stubborn. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you ask my mom mm-hmm. and dad, or you know, if anyone who's known me in my childhood, mm-hmm. they'll pretty pretty much back the statement up. But I think I mm-hmm. kind of um, grew out of that, if that makes sense. Uh, right. And um, right. as as you know, time went by, I kind of stopped being stubborn. I don't know if that mm. really, yeah. So I it's, see. It's, okay. it's weird because I I. I know that I changed, but I can't tell you a definite time when I realized that I changed. So I'll give you an example mm-hmm. of how stubborn I was. So this was mm-hmm. back in, um, I don't know, probably grade five. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you remember the PlayStation Portable, the PSP, because that was that oh, yeah. was just taking yeah. the world by the storm. And me being yeah. a five grader, I was like, all right, I got to have that. And then I think I remember, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, my mom took me along with her to go shopping with her friend in Bishal Bazaar, which is basically a big uh, shopping center in uh, New Road in Kathmandu. And then I happened to see the PlayStation in one of the shops. Like, you know how they display the thing, give you the box and, and they kind of entice you to come in. So I saw that yeah. and then I asked my mom, um, hey, you know, what do you think? <laughs> you, yeah. know, I was like, you know, I think it's time you not give it a little nudge. And she kind of like just, yeah. you know, played it off because first of all, she was with her friend there. And then they were mm-hmm. there to buy something for their, uh, you know, uh, work or something. I don't know what it was. But I kept mm-hmm. like pushing her. And then um, mm-hmm. I guess I threw a fit in front of her friend. Did and you? then I um, did the smart thing of pulling her hair in front of her friend. Oh, really? Because I was so mad <laughs> that she wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. Because I wanted the thing so yeah. badly. I just, you know. I was just blinded. 
but she kept mm. her composure, right? And then uh, it wasn't until I got back home mm. she addressed the situation. Yeah, she was she <laughs> wasn't nice about it. Uh, yeah, you know she uh, she gave me the uh, the you know uh, how yeah. do you say it? She put me in place. <laughs> let me put it that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so that's how stubborn I was. Meaning, you know, I would pretty much go out of my way to mm. see if I could get what I wanted. Mm. But eventually, mm. I think, I don't know, maybe it was um, kind of just like realizing that I wasn't right or just like maturing up. But then as mm. time went by, I used to be just like, you know what, it doesn't really matter, whatever kind of person. Yeah. So I guess that, that little switch, you... sorry, go on. Mm. Do, do you think maybe if you did have a sibling, maybe you would realize a bit further back or at an early age maybe because having another sibling you kind of have to share you have to kind of think about the other person right because uh, within that world there's going to be inevitably there's going to be fights there's going to be sharing there's going to be well you have to rec- think about more than you know for example yourself right that- so do you think you may that's uh, changed earlier yeah that's a really good question you know what um i've actually thought about this surprise you know mm-hmm. I've, um, I've always <laughs> thought what would it be like to have a sibling and i think yeah. you make a good point where all right if you have a sibling you gotta learn how to share mm-hmm. um, not just you know let's say your toys or food but also your love from your parents and mm-hmm. um again like i said you know being an alone child you're pretty much center of attention right um yeah Yeah. but yeah if if you probably have you know like i said i thought about this a while a lot and then it also um Mm. it probably will make you more responsible as well because if you have a younger sibling especially i feel like you're all right you know i'm sort of partly responsible for how this person's gonna grow up and you know Mm -hmm. probably gonna have a huge influence on how this person will eventually shape out to be Mm. uh probably yes i'm going to answer your question in short yes if i had a sibling i would probably would have uh it probably would have been different i probably would Mm -hmm. have matured up way sooner but again at the same Mm -hmm. time you know i i'm just saying that out of what i think it would be like but you know if you're in that situation if it might be different when you're actually in that situation um exactly yeah i mean you know i've seen siblings who are pretty much they, they don't even talk to each other i've known you know mm. brothers and sisters i'm not in our family but you know people from outside our family where for them it's like you know oh, you're the person i've heard stories where they said that their brother or their sister were, was a person who kind of like you know took the love away from them and stuff like that so probably i think it yeah. goes pretty much both ways but it really depends on how mm. you're brought up it depends mm. on you know mm. what was your upbringing like how uh what's your influence who mm. like people around yeah. you especially right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah that's um that's a really good question though i mean and the fact that i've th- just thought about that you know a couple of times before it, it um yeah it's really um it's a really it's a, it's a good teaser you know, brand you know like all right if, yeah. what if yeah. and i had a younger sister would i be overprotective yeah, exactly. would i you know let her do whatever she wants Exactly. Especially yeah. in a shifting world, man. It's like you gotta, yeah. you, know, you gotta keep, you gotta be dynamic. 
Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Especially. I mean, I, I only say that because I find it interesting. Um, like even during work, there's some people who hasn't, who's gotten closer to their sister since birth, mm-hmm. but some other people has gotten closer to their sister or their sibling during their time in university or their different stages in life, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out or, I don't know, just find it interesting how people kind of develop in that way and kind of get close get close to that sibling. And it's quite interesting, if especially if you're an only child, because all you can do is hypothesize. Right. right? Um, you don't know how... Ifs. You don't know actual... Exactly, yeah. What What, what is the actual how would i be um and sometimes people say for example i emanate big brother vibes mm-hmm. right so oh i've got that a lot man wow have you that just struck a lot of memories <laughs> yeah it's like oh well you know you sound like my big brother i'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you know what to um what to think of that but okay <laughs> <laughs> take it as a compliment like the thing that's is the thing is it's like that's that's the thing like for us only child is like all right what what does that mean you get what i mean because we don't yeah. have a reference point mm. or we don't know what it's like to actually have a big brother like for them it's probably yeah you know it's probably like the similarities between the way we talk or i don't know what it is um mm. for them it probably just strikes a memory or maybe a core you know um that makes them to think that, oh, you know what, this guy actually gives me uh, Big Brother vibes, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, it, it is very weird. I, I still haven't still haven't unlocked the pattern as to what Big Brother vibes <laughs> Ever is. Ever got um, the Small Brother vibes? Small... <laughs> uh, I've just got sibling vibes, apparently. Okay. So, I'm... Um, similar to yourself, like, I think it took me a while to know how to share. Um, but I could I can really relate when you said... Um, when I saw something, I wanted it there and then, and I put a fit down. Um, uh, f- luckily, I've I've grown out of it, but definitely when I was a child, if my mum got a new phone or if right, any of my right. cousins got a new phone, oh man, that, it was like well, the the cousin thing, and you know, I mean, we 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 got a lot of cousins in our family, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I you know, we I used to spend a lot of time with uh, one of our cousins. And uh, mm. and he used to have like those cool gadgets and the PS2s, and that's actually where I learned, you know, all these um, PlayStation stuff like that. So I, I yeah. really had no idea on it. So it's as a kid, yeah. if you see that, it's like, oh, you know, you want it, especially if it's not yours. Mm. It kind of exactly. like ignites this little jealousy in you, like, all right, you mm-hmm. know what? <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I need. Yeah, and you know. Um, that also feeds into your stubbornness, actually. I mean, that's at least what happened mm. to me. I was like, all right, oh, if, if he can have it, why can't I? That was my mm. rationale when my parents were like, oh, you don't need it. And they were right, honestly. I mean, why, you know, no, no five grader needs uh, to spend, you know, hours and hours, especially, you know, when you're supposed to be studying. <laughs> but <laughs> to a degree. To, to a, a degree, degree, yeah. I only say that because, uh, you know, how our families are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's that's their main um, what is it, excuse like oh you know but you're not gonna study, but you have to study. yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah but yeah no I'm just just go back just to go back to my point um, that also kind of like you know really uh, played a big part in my stubbornness 
they'd be like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, I also want all the cool gadgets. Oh, I also want all the cool stuff that everyone else is having. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you kind of, you know, go down a path like, oh, why me? Why can't you do that? And you start really, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do you say it? It's, it's not a nice path to go through where mm-hmm. you just feel, because you mm-hmm. feel shitty about yourself. You feel shitty that your mm-hmm. parents are not listening to you. Well, you know, you know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's like you just haven't developed <laughs> your brains enough yeah. to kind of realize that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, earlier you realize that. Uh, better yeah. ways, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you said something quite interesting when you said we're trying to fit in. And do you think part of the stubbornness is trying to fit in? Because you are an only child. I guess uh, having a sibling, you have someone to give you attention. But since both of your parents were out, right. do you think trying to fit in was quite a big factor? I think uh, trying to fit in itself is a huge factor in our society. Because mm-hmm. I think from early on, you're fed, um, you know, information saying that, oh, if you're not a certain way, there's something mm-hmm. wrong with you. I'll yeah. give you another example. So, um, usually, I'm a good student. Meaning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I, I, I like to think that I'm always in the top 10. Um, mm. This is, again, you know, go just from grade 1 to 10. Let's just, you know, that's the sample space we're taking. So grade one to ten, I think yeah. I you know always was a good good student, always used to come in top ten, um, and uh, in this is again in grade five. A lot of things happened in grade five. Wow! So again in grade five, this was uh, our final exam, right? I, mean, I thought I did well. I got I think mm-hmm. I I think I got like a ninety two percentage. You know how they mm-hmm. give you the grades? They don't they don't use the letter yeah. grades back home, or at yeah. least then. Yeah, they use like number yeah. of grades or whatever. Um, and I got a 92 mm-hmm. percentage. And then just my luck, mm-hmm. my whole classroom was just filled yep. with smarty pants. <laughs> so even with a 92 percentage, I managed to come 20th in the class out of right. probably 32 students. Mm. And my parents freaked out. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, usually top 10, now slumped down mm-hmm. to 20th. And they're like, oh, mm. crap, he's not studying. Yeah. But they don't see that yeah. my percentage is 92, which I think is fairly good enough to, you know, <laughs> to any other to any other, uh, to other people. But for my parents, it was like, all right, you know, we don't care about 92. We care about the 20th yeah. that you came, you know, in the class. So, mm. all right, you're not mm. doing something right. So they actually mm. took me to an astrologist. You know how they back home, they really? have those, um, shoot, I... I can't remember the name. I'm, the hand readers? Not the hand readers, but like, you know, they read the, those scripts. Friendly, like, oh, belong yes, to you somehow. Yes. I don't know. Yes, yes, And yes. they kind of look into it and be like, they kind of see the stars and align and be like, all right, this guy, you know, is going to yeah. stop focusing on studying for the next six months. I don't know how the hell they know that. And then he's <laughs> going to focus more on the other things. He's going to be more stubborn. But um, yeah. so she, she, my parents actually took me to this astrologist guy, and he actually made me wear less. I mean, I, you know, it's it's basically this. I have this hanging around around my neck. So do you see all mm. of these little stones that they have? Mm. So apparently, yeah, this is gonna make me study better, or like you know, help me study and focus more. Mm. So I only bring this up, bring these points up, just to say that all right, you know. They um, have a certain impression, and if you don't follow or if you don't fall under that certain expectation, 
then you're mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, there's something wrong with you. So from an early age, yeah. you're always fed. And you know, that's just one example. You're, you're already fed that all right, mm-hmm. there's a certain benchmark that you have to meet. And if you don't mm-hmm. meet that, we got a problem. So yeah, yeah. I think definitely it has a huge role to play, right? When when uh, mm. you, you're you really trying to fit in, you're really trying to, you know, uh, live up to what other people think you should really live up to. And I think mm. that is definitely going to add up to your um, stubbornness because, mm-hmm. you know, you're already told that, hey, you got to do better or like, hey, you know, you, you, you need this to succeed or you need that to succeed. Mm. Or, you know, I have this, right. why don't why don't you have it? And then that's mm. when you start to really mm. be like, all right, you know, I need it, I need it, I need it. And that's how you kind of like build mm. up your stubbornness. I see. Okay, I see. I mean, What's I, your take on I it? agree. Yeah. I agree, I agree. I think growing up, especially in the UK, um, it was very, I wasn't academically right. amazing. Like, I, I didn't get 92%. I think uh, when I first moved here, I could barely speak a word of English. I was speaking... I was actually speaking Hindi. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, up until year four, year five, I, I was doing really badly. I think the teachers were quite... The teachers were quite... How do I say it? Quite concerned. Um, right. And I went to tutoring. And I think year six is where I actually excelled. So actually did well okay. for once um then i think it plummeted from year seven up until gcses so gcses are uh, up to year 11 right. so you i guess you guys call it middle school we call it secondary um yes yeah, and that's uh, right before what a levels right right exactly yeah yeah and i think i remember i didn't i wouldn't say i did bad but i didn't do really well so my mom i remember during when we got our GCSEs, my mom yeah. was crying. Oh, yeah. She was like very emotional about it, and I that breaks. You, I guess at it? that Sorry point, to just stop because I just, it, just I just yeah, remember yeah, yeah. again, yeah. just going back to that example earlier, that grade five example, yeah, where you know I supposedly yeah. slummed. Um, I, yeah. I experienced that as well. She was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, something's wrong with my child. Oh no, you know what happened yeah. to him? Yeah, who's um, yeah. you know, influencing you?" And then I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> But it just breaks you inside. But uh, yeah, does, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I, it, no. it just struck a little memory. No, that's no worries. Go on. Um, yeah, I still remember we were sitting on the sofa and mum came back from work. Um, and we just opened the envelope and mum was like, oh, I, I'm so disappointed. Um, I'm, I was about to buy you cake. And <gasps> at that time, I was quite a fat child. So <laughs> cake was like the holy grail for me. Wait, really? Um, Were you a fat child ever? I was um I was fat oh when I say it fat oh, I was technically like a, obese okay. until year nine um and then I had I guess an eating disorder after a while oh wow um so I became very thin um but moving away from that maybe that's for next episode yeah, I will save but, that for um, next time yep yeah of course um I think my mum was like crying she was like oh, I was about to buy you cake oh. and from GCSE onwards her expectations. Maybe fortunate for me, but lowered, um, like significantly, like exponentially lowered. Um, so from that day on, I think whatever I did, it was more of a, a bonus. Um, like even out of university, I don't think my mum expected me to get a job. Right. Um, so, you know, 
I think in a way it played, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it, it did help me become more resilient, um, especially when I got to university. Because in my head, I'm like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Right. I don't want to do certain things which would jeopardize, jeopardize, I guess, their view of me. And I guess in a way, it's still, even in work right now, right. it still, still plays in my head, right? You, you um, really touched up on two really important um, things. I think one, managing mm-hmm. expectations. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, resilience. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 mentioned how your mom kind of um, didn't expect you to get a job out of university. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you know, not to play it down, but do you think that you know that's that's like her managing her expectations? Like meaning, all right, initially mm-hmm. she was like, all right, you know, pretty high, and then. You know, things happen. You had to transition to a whole new country and stuff like that. And you know, you touched up on that as well, where you had a hard time um, learning the language, right? And then people had, um, or your teachers had, um, you know, their concerns. Like, do you think, um, you know, as 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 Asian parents, managing expe- expectations should be um, taught? new parents or like do you know let's say should be taught to parents bring it who are brought up in that society because i think okay you get mm-hmm. what i mean go on yeah yeah because yeah, like, no, you always you know your parents um again you know they are that you are probably going to be your number one influencers if they're the mm-hmm. one hounding mm-hmm. down your neck saying hey <laughs> i don't know about you but top three all yeah. right <laughs> you know Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but if they learn how yeah. to manage expectations, because not all students are meant to go to school. I, I'm a huge mm. firm believer of that. I'm not sure about you, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about about that? Mm, that's a great question, I think. Um, I see this as two, two ideas, two arguments in my head. I think you have to hound down don't get me wrong, it wasn't nice at the time, but I think looking back on it, especially as an only child, mm-hmm. where I was a massive, stubborn person, which who didn't see the importance of education, right? right? I think it's very important to kind of expect your child to do well. Um, and in a way, kind of reciprocate it in the in the stuff you say and the stuff you do towards them. I understand, and I do understand, not everybody's meant to go to school, but I think there always has to be maybe a benchmark or certainly an outstanding or outperforming benchmark, which even if they don't meet it, they are close to getting it or in the development of getting it, if you get what I mean. Okay, so where do you draw a line then? I think that's always, you know, the the center of all mm. the conversations that we have about any pressing prop uh, topics like this. Like, all right, where do you draw a line? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you you have a really good point. I agree with you on as to, you know, parents should try. It's not like I'm, you know, they probably mm-hmm. should not, shouldn't be like, all right, you know, whatever, this kid's gonna 
grow into whatever it wants, you know, we're not going to really um, put any expectations on it. But I guess when I meant by managing expectations, I mean, you know, depending on mm-hmm. the potential of your child or depending on where your child is going to thrive mm-hmm. better, I think that's how they should manage their expectations. But just to go back to your point, where would you draw a line and mm-hmm. be like, all right, you know, this is probably going to be the yeah. best for the for our, you know, for the child? I think if we scoot back a little, when you said managing expectations, obviously there's, there's going to be different everybody's going to have their own advantages, right. their own strengths. But I think there's basic level, such mm-hmm. as numerical aspect, the language aspect, which needs to, a person needs to excel at. Right. Um, so in that sense, I think you should be pushing for that. In terms of, for example, if your child likes art or science, if that's their strong suit, I think you should totally push for that. And I think where you should draw the line is when, you're breathing down their necks to a point where the child is now suffering because you can push them to the limit, but you also have to identify where the limit is because it is your child at the end of the day and you are responsible for your child. Um, I really like that point. And I think... really like that point, yeah. Everybody, everybody, I think, everybody should see where obviously push your child but everybody should see where the limit is um i think my mum for example in year so i was homeschooled not homeschooled but my we did extracurricular meaning she taught me maths um because i was I had a lack of maths in year four right. well from new year nursery on to year four right and i think my mum tried to taught me but i don't think my brain had matured by then so she got really frustrated at me like uh, I, i remember her repeating me repeating the same thing 10 times right uh it, it rings a bell um, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um i think you know but, i think that's yeah I, 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 that also i think is probably part because that's how they were brought up i don't know if that mm-hmm. um You know, again, it might not be the case. I'm only assuming at this point, mm-hmm. but maybe it has to do with, you know, how they were brought up and, you know, how uh, their parents probably didn't have uh, the level of education that they have right now, right? And for mm. them, the only way for yeah. them to learn was to repeat it multiple times and hence that is what they caught up on. But, mm-hmm. I mean, again, everyone mm-hmm. has their own techniques, right? Everyone mm-hmm. has their own techniques, their own I... ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's a general consensus of how, I guess, especially Nepalese people work. I think they go either go hard or they just don't revise at all. So when even looking at, at our other cousins, for example, if they have an exam, for example, the week after, right. they will be revising till 3am, going to bed at 3 and then waking up 6am to do the circle again. Oh my God, that's exactly like, what I did, used to do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's the way is ingrained. I think a lot of it, a lot of education, compared to the West and to Nepal, oh, the Eastern yeah. countries, it's. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good to push yourself. Right. That's why people from India tend to become CEOs right. more than Western. Western cultures, but I think where West has helped is the work-life balance. I think. A person can do as much as a person in the East um, if they worked in a more efficient manner mm-hmm. instead of cramming it in all at once or working till late. 
So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I don't, it's, I don't know what's your hustle culture, right? Isn't that what they exactly. call it? Like yeah. you're brought up in that, you know, strenuous environment. You learn how to really mm. adapt to whatever resources you have. And exactly. just to go back to your point where you mentioned, you know, about, you know, most CEOs are actually from India. And mm. I actually came across that stat a little while ago and I was, I wasn't surprised. My first mm. reaction was like, oh, yeah, no, looks, looks, looks about right. Because I think people, especially from, you know, the harsher part of the world, they have to go through so much more if you, you know, family-wise, financial-wise, um, resources-wise, whatever. And they kind of learn how to really make the most out of it. And honestly, if you really think about it, CEO is kind of similar. It's like, all right, I've got this resources yeah. in my hand. How do I make the best out mm-hmm. of it? So that kind of mm-hmm. probably directly correlates with, you know, how they were brought up. And um, yeah. yeah, man, that's a really interesting point. And I, we should probably do a little more research as to why the core reason is that, you know, a lot of people from India mm-hmm. are actual CEOs. But I'm, I'm willing to bet at least some money say that, you know, that point's mm-hmm. definitely going to come up where, you know, their childhood kind of led them to be more resilient or exactly. more efficient, yeah. effective, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it also is they're where they're, like, the environment they're being brought up. So, for example, as you mentioned, uh, like, your your mum, for example, gave you basically the side eye, a slapping, right. um, <laughs> if you got out of place, right? Like, yeah. I think it makes you think about what your next actions are going to be. Right. Um, you're not going to be out of place. And I think in the harsh reality of the top tiers of CEOs and high stakeholders, yeah. that's what it's going to be, right? You're going to be the representation of other stakeholders, other shareholders. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like they were, I guess, genetically made or robotically yeah. made for that kind of environment yeah they were already you know coded that way that makes sense exactly exactly exactly. yeah so like if we move on so what you're an only child yep and what uh straight after how was how was school what did you do in school how was how was it how was life in school we went to the same school actually nursery yeah yeah i remember I, i i don't know if you know but we have a picture of us going to Do school, it? holding our hands in our uniforms, and you know oh, the wow. you know the um, the little driveway that we have mm, back in uh, yes. Tato? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if yeah, you remember. Yeah. I know I have the picture somewhere, but we're basically holding hands. You're in your uniform. I'm in my uniform. We're holding, you know, carrying bags, and we're getting ready to go to school. And someone clicked that picture. I don't know if I can find mm. it. I know I can find it somewhere. I'll send it over to you as soon as I do it. But yeah, for sure. That's my. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, the only memory of us going to school together. Really? Now, I don't know if we have more memories. I mean, uh, I, I do remember some. All stuff, right, let's yeah. let's hear it because I'm really interested. I I don't know for some reason I really can't. I'm really trying to dial back, I, and you know I can't find another memory apart from that. I remember it used to be the end of school day. Um, I remember when you so end of school day they would give us biscuits. Do you remember? No, and. So end of school day, they would give right. us biscuits. And I remember coming out, I can still lay out the map. So you come out, turn left, and you go down a set of stairs. 
and in front would be school dining hall and on the left would be the playground basically i remember the playground um, yes yeah it was under a shelter yeah, yeah. right um and when we we'd used to talk a lot not talk a lot but like i'd used to kind of stick with you quite a lot there okay um i did i remember having one friend one close friend um and yeah we'd interact that way but in terms of in school i think we'd interact more when we got to tatal okay uh like to your house right um so yeah that's all I remember from it. Like we used to be eating under the stairs. Oh, um, I rem- oh yeah, I remember, remember that. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> this is a funny story. I remember you crying because you didn't want to eat, and your mom was forcing food down your throat. <laughs> oh, that sounds like me. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, the, the the stairs definitely. So yeah, back in in our old house, we had an and we had the, the entrance to the house, and then there was you know a staircase right in front of it, and then our dining room used to be under the <laughs> stairs the little space under the stairs and we had a little t- table set up and then um that's where we used to have our food and uh no i remember no, I, I remember that when um <laughs> we both were sat on <laughs> the table and you're like no i don't want to eat <laughs> yeah 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 and that's another thing right just to and not to mean to go off on a tangent but another thing with food and our culture man it's mm. uh, pretty interesting of how they uh, it is. feed you food, their techniques. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> let's not stray away. Technique or, yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's let's, let's stick technique, with technique for now. Stuff. <laughs> we'll address that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so how was, how was school? Um, what the, the earliest thing that I remember from um, our preschool is... Um, I don't know if you remember the little hall that they, where they used to have, um, you know, like they used to have uh, people performing something like dancing. Then they used to have those, um, you know, those morning prayers and stuff like that. Do you remember that at all? Mm, yeah. So I remember yeah, yeah. as a child, I don't know, I was very fidgety. I just couldn't sit down mm. in one space. So I remember mm. just... Uh, I think it was either a prayer or something that they were doing that they were, or a play or mm-hmm. of some sort that was happening on stage. And mm-hmm. all of us were kind of sat down and in like mm-hmm. rows and columns, right? And then I happened to be in the one that was right by where there's like a walking space. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So right by the edge of like mm-hmm. say oh, one block. So um, yeah, we were kind of just required to sit down there, you know, in silence and kind of just mm-hmm. listen. I couldn't do that. I was like just fidgeting, you know, with my shoes. I was fidgeting with my clothes. I was kind of like, you know, uh, mm. you know, just just moving around. And then I remember that my our teacher, our class teacher, sorry, our class teacher back then, forget her name, start started with a V. She came up to me and then she um, didn't scold me, but then she was she kind of like you know, gave me um, a little, um, oh, are you? Do you like? Do you not understand what you're supposed to do here? You know, I'm, and you're right. in nursery, man. You're not gonna. Yeah. So that's actually my first memory, and I was I was very scared because again, you know, mm. you're you're in nursery, and then when someone comes, especially a class teacher, comes up to you and mm. says, "Hey, are you okay?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I was kind of yeah. um, scared. I think that that's actually my only solid memory of. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into trouble let's say really? and another one is a very funny one that i have so um this was in 
you know how we have like those lower kindergartens, upper kindergartens, right? Yeah. This yeah. was in, I believe, the upper kindergarten phase where we mm-hmm. were like just learning how to write. Um, you know, they, they had those pencils with like those erasers on the top, like those red erasers, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had a friend who used to sit next to me and then, um, like I said, we were learning how to write. You know, they're giving us, you know, uh, directions and stuff like that, whatever. And then, mm-hmm. um, again, this is during our class teacher's period or whatever they call it. And um, uh, I, I just, while we were doing like our classwork, I just remember, I just hear a sound from my friend and then he started crying. And then I looked to him right. and then I see that he stuck his pencil up his nose and the eraser broke off. And now his eraser, the, the, little, the red eraser is stuck up on his nose. And he can't get it out. The noise that he was making was him trying to blow it out. And as soon as he realized it's not coming out, he just started crying. <laughs> and then I'm just sat there thinking, all right, what, what's happening? Because I really couldn't process the situation. And then our class teacher came over and then he had to be rushed to the hospital. Again, oh, pretty wow. serious, but I found it very funny because the sound that he made was just, he had to be there, man. And th- as soon as he realized he wasn't coming out, He's like, all right, I gotta let out. Yeah. I gotta let out another sound. I gotta let out a siren here, and then he just started, you know, blaring out. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's kind of another funny story. No, again, yeah, another another story that I have now. So this this story is not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure it happened. So you know how mm. as time goes by, your memory kind of gets blurred with your dreams. Does that ever happen to yeah. you? Yeah, you kind of think back yes, and be like, yes. wait a minute that memory seems way too good to be true or like, you know, way Mm. too crazy to be true. But this was again, um, upper kindergarten. Uh, We're sat in the class. We were about to head to lunch and then a weird stench starts going around in the classroom. (laughs) Right. When I say weird stench, like, like horrible, right? It's like someone probably just shat their pants and started to, you know, throw poo around the class. Oh, so no, it was horrible. Visual. The stench was horrible. And then our class teacher yeah. yells out, oh, who did it? And of course, <laughs> no one's going to own up because, hey, you're, you're, you're like, what, four, five, six years old? You're yeah. not going to fucking yell out, oh, it's me. So um, <laughs> they actually, they asked everyone, meaning, you know, they, they were like, oh, just let us know. We'll help you kind of thing. No one owned mm. up. Mm. So they thought the best thing to do was to put everyone in a single file line, sniff their butt while they go out of the classroom to figure out who pooped their pants. That's why I tell you, I don't know if this is a dream or if this actually (laughs) happened because that sounds a little too crazy to me. And that does sound crazy. And the thing is, I'm really trying to, you know, I've gone through this scenario so many times. I'm like, all right, did that really happen? But it's like so vivid in my memory yeah. But I'm 50% sure it happened. I'm 50% sure it's a dream. So I'm like in a door in between. And then, uh, and then right. I just remember them putting us in a single file. And then, you know, because mm. we we're about to head to lunch. So mm-hmm. once you pass the smell test, <laughs> you know, you, mm-hmm. you're good to go to lunch. So, but the right. thing is, it wasn't me. So as, as I left, mm. I really don't know what happened after. So that's mm-hmm. why it really, I feel like, you know, this probably did happen. Because if it was a dream, I probably would have known or at least I would yeah. have figured out who the culprit was. 
Yeah. And ten, dreams tend to, I don't know about you, but I don't remember everything in my oh, dream, right? Right, yeah, up right. Up to a point, I just stop. Just, so yeah. maybe, maybe it did happen. Yeah, just just this morning, man, I, I was dreaming about something. I woke up, was pretty vivid in my head, yeah. went to pee, came back, yeah. forgot about it. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. was like, wait yeah, a so... <laughs> um, But yeah, man, that, that that's that's why I tell you, you know, it's like, all right, I'm not sure if, you know, yeah. it's a dream yeah, or if yeah. it actually happened, but... I'd say yeah. that's a standout, um, mm. <laughs> and yeah, let's now let's fast forward to another story. <laughs> I okay. feel like I'm just you know letting everything out. Another story. Um, so this time it was me. <laughs> okay, nice to know. <laughs> Great two. Where is this going? <laughs> Great two. Um, right. I don't know what it was, but my stomach was just not not happy at all, and um, mm-hmm. we're in class. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. still remember this was great too. So our this was in Shubhatara. So I I I switched um, schools after um, Nirvana. Mm. So this was in mm-hmm. Shubhatara. I still remember it, our our classroom was in the ground floor. I was in class two, section C, and um, mm-hmm. again, class teacher was in the class. She was teaching whatever she was, mm-hmm. and I really had to go poo. I really had to <laughs> okay. go poo, man. I don't know how else I'm going to put this. I had to go poo yeah. right then and there. Mm. And as a child, mm. I didn't have the guts to interrupt the class and be like, excuse me, I gotta really use the bathroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're taught that you're not supposed to speak over elders, right? <laughs> as a yeah. kid, so I'm like, all right, exactly. I'm gonna stay true to that. But yeah. I gotta poo. So, you know, as a two, second grader, what do you do? You just mm, go for it. Exactly. You hope it's a fart. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a fart. Yeah. <laughs> I it was um more than that. And, and yeah. the worst thing is you're sitting down. Mm. You get what I mean? There's no space for yes. it to go anywhere else Unless other than spread. Spread you get what and I mean. Fill the gaps. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then I realize as soon as it happened, I realized I was like, all right, shit. Now what do I do? <laughs> So I'm no hoping, exactly, no pun intended. <laughs> so I'm hoping no one hears it or smells it. But, mm. you know, we all know that's not the case. And um, started, uh, <laughs> right. everyone started, you know, uh, raising questions as to what that smell is. And then I actually owned up. I was like, oh, nice. you know, okay. it, it's me. I'm my bad guys. Um, but uh, I really didn't have no other option. <laughs> so yeah. a class teacher <laughs> came over and then... Um, she took me over to the, uh, well, she handed me over, in, in, in our schools, they had these, uh, I don't want to say janitors, but they kind of like okay. help students um, with okay. those. Like assistant uh, yeah, teachers. yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, and right. then she took me to um, one of those, uh, we, we used to call them didis, who were basically just around school, kind of like there to mm. help out with cleaning and stuff like that. So... Mm. Um, yeah, she uh, took me to the bathroom and she cleaned me up, basically. And okay. then, of course, my, you know, pants and uh, underwear are no yeah. longer usable. So I had to get yeah, a new yeah. pair of them. And we have this little thing, little box called the Lost and Found. And mm, luckily, well. right, luckily, there was a pair of pants that fit me. So I was pretty nice. much commando for the rest of the day, but um, <laughs> at least I didn't have, you know, at least I wasn't carrying around um, Puma pants. But yeah, that's just <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah, well. that's yeah, that's another uh, interesting uh, story from my childhood. Man. 
So a little. It's such a yeah different. Like if if I was to compare it to mine, mine's more pessimistic. Your one's more about. It's got a lot of. Nu- the nucleus of your stories has been around poo, basically. <laughs> and this is—it's something—it's—it's it's weird, uh, man. Linda does to go back to you know the the poo thing. Um, I find I usually find myself talking about poo a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> My friends could probably back it up, uh, but they—they right. they okay. tell me, all right, whenever we have some sort of deep conversation with you, it mm. somehow manages to revolve around. That <laughs> I'm like, you're actually right. It's probably because all the stories from my childhood have been centered around yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but see. yeah, man, those are some like real standout stories from my childhood or from yeah. school. Um, mm. You know, and there was another time where I, well, this is not as fun, but I uh, cut my mm. head open. And you cut your head. Yeah, open. I don't know if you see right. this little scar here. I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, yeah, I can't see it. But... Yeah, like you see how my eyebrows don't grow. So that mm. section, yeah, because oh, I, I had yeah, like three I, stitches. I see a little slit. Right, I had like three I stitches. See. Um, So this mm. was in grade three now. And mm-hmm. we're now one floor above where, you know, my previous story happened. Yeah. And nice. um, okay. so in, you know, in grade three, you know, you make new friends. You're kind of like, you know, just want to run around. You wanna, you don't wanna study, mm-hmm. you know. You just wanna have fr- fun with friends. So how our class was set up was basically it was in the corner of the building, but it mm-hmm. was kind of, it, it, but it was like a little, um, you know how those tiles they're slippery. Yeah. They, I don't know how to explain this, but um, they were not those regular tiles. They were polished tiles. How about that? Yeah. So they Are were they more the sli- glossy ones. Yeah, the glossy ones, where it's like a little okay. more slippery okay. than usual. Yeah. And then, uh, so me and my friend, we were um, kind of just running back and forth from the class to the corridor. You know, we were just like, all right, mm-hmm. we gotta expense our energy somehow. Uh, so mm-hmm. we were just doing that, and then uh, we see our teacher coming, and that that right. was our sign to run back to the class, right? I so see. then we were like, all right, you know, let's let's do a race, of course. You know, mm. and then he runs, mm. and you know, I was a chubby dude. I was a chubby kid, so I was always, you know, and he was pretty um, looked like athletic for me in that at that time. Yeah. So he he just zoomed right, and then I was like, all right, I gotta try to keep up. So I run, and like I said, our classroom, you know, the the tile at our classroom was very slippery. Somehow mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I I slipped on the thing, mm. and I had I went head first to the edge of the door. Yeah. Right. So I just hit my head in such a force that for a second I was just like, "Oh fuck, where am I?" Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I yeah. had my hand over my, uh, uh, you know, my head because it was hurting. And then I pull out my hand and I see it, and it's just covered in blood. And that mm. I couldn't comprehend for a second. I was like, "Wait, did I just cut my hand?" That was my first reaction. Mm. Didn't realize that it was coming yeah. from my head. I was like, "Wait a minute, yeah. how did I cut my hand?" And then my friend saw it, and then he was just like, oh, there's blood. You cut your head. You cut your head. And, bro, I was like, well, okay. If You know, in a state of shock, you don't know how to react. Yeah, I just laughed yeah, it off. Yeah. Oh, I just you? laughed it off, man. I was like, I was just hysterically yeah. laughing. I was like, well, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. But I see blood in my hand, but I'm just not yeah. willing to accept that, hey, you know, I um, cut my head open. Did you, did you feel it? What do you mean? 
Like, can you feel? Can um, you feel yeah, like? You, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And you feel because it it's like burning and it's like you know throbbing. I see. But the thing is, yeah, like when yeah. you're in a state of shock, you're like, all right, your body is just like, hey, you know, nothing happened. Mm. So then the class yeah. teacher walked in because he was right behind us, and then he saw it, and then he mm-hmm. took me to the infirmary, and then mm. from there. They looked at it, they kind of cleaned it up, they kind of cleaned the blood, and then they were like, all right, we got to get you to a hospital to get stitches. We can't do mm-hmm. that here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and we had this, um, what is it called? Extracurricular teacher. Uh, right. He, okay. um, you get what I mean? He's not like a subject teacher, but he's there to like teach you sports, like a... basketball, football, whatever. Okay, like a PE. PE, there we go. PE that teacher. was the word I'm looking for. Right. Yes, a PE teacher. So he came over and then he actually took me in one of the um, school cars. Now, as mm-hmm. a kid, I was always fascinated by cars. I was actually happy that I was <laughs> getting on a car, going somewhere because <laughs> I was in the back seat. And it was like a decent car, man. Like, you know, it wasn't one of those... Mm-hmm. Small ass cars it was a decent car, so I was very happy. Yeah, yeah. I, was, oh, I guess you know, yeah. in my head, I was like, "Oh wow, I'm enjoying this," um, yeah. with like you know a bandaid over my head, going like this. You know, I'm like, "All right." Yeah. And then they take me to a hospital uh, that was pretty close by, and then uh, the guy, the doctor, sat me down on the on the you know hospital bed, whatever, and then uh, he was like, mm. "All right, so you know, you're gonna need three stitches. Um, mm. You have the option to either." Um, you know, uh, what is it called? You know, when they make when they uh, give you anesthesia, so that they, you don't feel the right. stitches. Um, I guess mm-hmm. going Go through, ahead. and they're like, "Oh, yeah, do you want anything like that?" And they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have to give you a syringe, or like we have to give you an injection for it." And back then, I mm. was just terrified of syringes. I said no. Mm. So the doctor was mm. like, "All right," and he just went for it, and I could feel the needle and the thread kind of like going in, Jeez. and kind of like Oof. when he was tightening it up I could feel the little things like moving around I was at, at that time I was like oh shit I should have probably opted for it but yeah. it was just three <laughs> stitches I was in and out probably yeah. in like 20 minutes and mm. then of course they called up my dad and uh, yeah. he came over to pick me up and uh, you know he was like what the hell happened <laughs> how did you? yeah yeah the face that he had he was, <clears throat> well he was relieved first of all you gotta give him credit for that yeah. he was relieved but then when I was, as I was going back he was like you know, it was it was like that awkward silence. It's like, wow, really? Like this kid managed to do that, <laughs> and I was just sat there. I was like, oh, okay, you know. You know. But no, yeah, we we um, after that he dropped. We went home, and um, yeah, it was probably a three week recovery time because I had need to have that eye patch mm. on. Mm. Uh, I still remember. Uh, and it used, it used to get very itchy with the stitches. And I don't know what it was, but and then I couldn't itch it, and it used to be so annoying. Yeah. I used to be like. I really don't want to do this, you know. But yeah. it was like a three-week recovery, whatever. And um, mm. yeah, it's. I haven't managed to um, hit my head or cut open my head ever since. Touch wood. Touch, Touch wood, wood. Man. <laughs> Right. That's quite interesting because I've uh, I split I split open my um, my chin. Really. In Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was climbing up. Oh. So one of the playing. I don't know if you remember one of the play. The, the the play area right. had like stairs going up like metal stairs i think i remember i smashed my chin oh, shit. yeah i think it was blue i remember it being blue um it was painted blue and yeah i i got a couple of stitches under my chin um that was and then same i i went to i remember my dad picking me up like physically picking me right. up and i had to get a ma- 
the syringe was so fat. Oh. Like it was a metal syringe. It was like the traditional one you see where you just don't want to have it. Where and they just it? put it in and just under my chin. Oh. So I didn't I didn't feel it and so they just sue how many stitches you got? Sue, whatever. Uh I cannot remember. Well you're lad. <laughs> I was yeah, oh, it was like lad. four or five, so um, yeah, yeah. Do you do you remember anything around maybe teachers or the way they taught you? Um that's a good question. Um I think it was pretty standard. Nothing out of the yeah. ordinary. Um, mm. you know. Uh although I'd say one teacher that really had an impact. Mm. Um at least one that I can really remember was in grade six, and that's when they first introduced ink pen to us. I don't know if you guys had that ink, ink pen. pens, because we were not allowed to use pens up until grade six. So you're you're, oh, you're really? you had okay. to use uh, pencil. pencil, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they didn't allow you to use gel pens because they were a firm believer that if you use gel pens, your handwriting is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my handwriting is already worse. I was like, how mm-hmm. can it get worse? Right? It's, just, it's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's, already, it's already down there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, this, this professor, I think she used to teach, uh, professor, she, a teacher, she used to teach uh, English. And then... Mm. I, I'm really bad with names. I can't remember her name, but I remember her face. But um, she kind of noticed that my handwriting was not good. And mm. um, she actually made the effort to sit me down and then teach me how to write in cursive. Mm. So... Um, was this Nepalese? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this English? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, what do you mean, Nepali? Was this Nepali? Like, because wh- you had to speak and also studied Nepal. Oh right, right. No, in both. So in Nepal, and Nepali, bro, both. Nepali handwriting. I don't even. I don't even recognize my <laughs> handwriting in Nepali. I have a story about that as well. Yeah. Um. But no, just to go back on the handwriting thing. Yeah. And then she kind of like you know sat me down and taught me how to write cursive because I, before I didn't know mm-hmm. how to write cursive and I used to put a lot of force while writing mm-hmm. down you know writing anything on the paper and then. You know how in the paper when you write something on one side on the other side kind of like makes a dent? Mm-hmm, like an indent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what, what used to happen and then it is just look horrible. And then she kind of like, right, you know, sat me down and taught me how to hold the pen and, you know, how to write in cursive. Mm-hmm. Although this, you know, although it took me a while to really learn, she actually made the effort to be like, all right, I'm yeah. going to teach you how to do it. So that's one thing that really stand that stood out to me because um right i think now it's much better if, if mm. i really you know write slow and steadily it's much more better and i think that she's probably um she's probably one of the reason why but but yeah in terms of like teaching wise like the, the subject and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think it was pretty standard nothing like i said nothing out of the ordinary where you know they go miles beyond to teach you um yeah yeah. But I mean, study styles probably could have been better. The teaching styles could have been better. <laughs> you know, probably could have been more yeah. applicable versus book mm. oriented. Mm. And I think I was. Yes. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think you, you know you um, touched up on this a little while ago, where um, you're more learned to, or like you're more taught to, um, not, you know, how do you say it, to just. To memorize, memorize, to memorize right? Like memorize yeah. stuff versus yeah, yeah. actually learn why 
Exactly. That is. So, yeah. So, yeah, keeping that in mind, straightforward. Um, I'm really trying to think mm. if there was like another um, influence. But this was later yeah. on, but not in like, you know, those early stages where I think you're probably likely to be more influenced. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, because it's, it's interesting because all of yours has been generally positive. But from what I remember uh, coming right. out of kindergarten, I, I got a lot of lashings on my hand. I mean, no, um, I've, I've, I've had cause... a fair share of that. Um, mm. But I, I, I just, you know, like this one time, like this was stupid. This one time, this was in grade nine. Um, yeah. So in grade, in the beginning of grade nine, I actually had a major, not a major, I don't want to make it seem, blow this out of proportions, but I had a minor <laughs> um, <laughs> right. foot surgery where I had an ingrown mm. toenail and then um, mm. uh, they actually had to take out, take the whole nail out of my toe so that it would grow properly. And then mm -hmm. it, it hurts like a, you know, it hurts like a whatever. <laughs> and then... Um, because you're you're exposing raw flesh under your nail, exactly. And then I had mm, to mm. Uh, change the dressing every day, and then that just hurt more because they're cleaning it with like Dettol, and that burns. Mm. Um, so mm. I missed a week worth of weeks, what a week worth worth of class in beginning mm -hmm. of grade nine, and then I walk in the next week, and then it was um, optional mats. That was our that was the class optional mats, and then the teacher. He was this um, short dude who was known for his temper. Right. <laughs> and not a good combo, right? Uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. And then in the beginning of class, and then he's like, all right, everybody, bring your homeworks up. I'm like just lost because that's my first day. I'm like, what the hell mm. are you even talking about? I was like, all right, you know what? I'll just <laughs> go up to him. I'll just explain him my situation. And then he'll probably mm -hmm. understand yeah of course that was wrong in so many levels like i went up <laughs> and then i was like hey you know i know you're asking for your you know the homeworks but you know this is my situation mm. and uh i don't have it mm -hmm. i guess that i guess mm -hmm. all he heard was i don't have it because <laughs> he was like then he, he was like all right you stay stand on the side and then there were a couple others who didn't do it as well right so i was I like so i was like confused i was like why am i up here but the thing is, mm. like, he was, like, you know, he asked me to stand there. So I was like, all right, all right I might as well. And then he brings in a steel ruler. You know how those oh, rulers were, like, you know, they're made out of yes. steel? Yes. And um, yeah. he asks everyone to open their palms up. Right. Whoever is standing, mm -hmm. like, they're asking, he's mm. asking everyone to open their palms up. And then he goes, he hit me twice in my hand. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I was mad. But at the same time, I was like, mm -hmm. bro, just like, F this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I just want to go and sit down. Because the thing is, I still have like open-toed yeah. open shoes. And then, like I said, I, and if you're a ninth grader, everything's about fitting in. You're the only mm. one with the open-toed shoes and standing in mm. front of class. Mm -hmm. I was embarrassed as hell. I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to go down. I just want to go back to my seat and sit. But no, just one example of, you know, the stupid beating thing that they had going on. And not only mm -hmm. that, and they, they um, you know, it's, it's weird that it's actually incorporated. And like, you know, I've seen, I've seen others gone through much worse. Mm. So yeah, 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 yeah. But I will, and do you think that that kind of 
how do you think that kind of affected you in kind of going forward with I don't know anything any parts of your life do you even think it affected you um it definitely did I think when especially you're you're in that situation like I said you're embarrassed you're trying to fit in and then you're called up on Mm -hmm. front of the class and then you're you know you're kind of like embarrassed in in a sense Mm. um yeah but I think it also you know to an extent it actually was like you're the funny person in the class. Now, again, granted, not for that mm-hmm. reason, but let's say you do some shenanigans in the class and then the class teacher kind of like, you know, points you up and then tries to make you the class clown. clown and then everyone kind of mm-hmm. laughs and you kind of get that little yeah. confidence. Oh, maybe, you know, I can, um, you know, you take the fun out of it, basically, or take the fun of it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it, it depends, really. Like for me, it was like uh, small instances when I used to get in, trouble as to be it was it used to be for like funny reasons like one time in grade eight mm-hmm. you, know, those, you know those um shocking uh gums that you could buy like if you pull on it, it gives you a little shock it's not like a gum oh like, yes it's like, it a like a fake gum and then you put right you, you yes, pull the thing yes, but yes. then you get shocked Shock. i had yeah, one of yeah, those yeah. and bro i was <laughs> i was like all right let me try to see if i can fool my teacher and this <laughs> this guy is a very funny teacher, meaning he's like, you know, like loved by everyone. You know, that like he really doesn't have, mm. like his teaching style is very comedic, where he incorporates comedy in his teaching, mm-hmm. and which is which is why, you know, I thought, all right, I could probably get a good laugh out of him if I do this. <laughs> so this was during our break. And then he was just in our class talking with the other students. And then I was with my friend mm-hmm. and I was like, I told him the plan. I was like, all right, I'm going to ask him to come over. As soon as he comes over, um, you know, uh, I'm going to offer him a piece of gum, right? Mm-hmm. And then my, my again, you know, friends being friends, fully supportive. Yeah. They're like, all right, buddy, uh-huh. full speed ahead. So um, mm. I call him over and then um, I was like, uh, excuse me, sir, do you, do you mind, do you want a piece of gum? And then, like I said, he's a very, you know, comedy kind of guy. He... I don't know. He mm-hmm. just said yes. So I just, you know, gave it to him and he pulled it and he shocked him. And that kind of just made everyone laugh. Like for me, you know, like, it's like, all right, you know, I know I was going to get in trouble, but it was like, all right, if mm-hmm. I can make others laugh, might as well try it. So really, yeah. again, you yeah. know, it's like dependent on the situation where the in the first example, mm-hmm. I was embarrassed to do it or embarrassed to even be up mm-hmm. there. And the second example, I was more mm-hmm. than happy to do it because I knew the outcome would be different. Or I knew the outcome mm. was going to be more favorable versus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the other one, right? I see. Okay, okay. And do, did you think? So what kind of? Do you think you being a Klaus clown? Do you think that kind of? One of the reasons is maybe trying to get everyone on your side, and kind of mm-hmm. have, have kind of like a backing, etc. Do you think it's kind of? plays within that like how far did you become a class clown up up until what year um i think i always had a had a little bit of class clown clown in me it's like um mm-hmm. you know it, 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 for me it was just like all right if i can just build my report everyone is gonna like me but it's not that you know yeah. i wasn't segregated or anything from the other people but it was just like mm-hmm. all right you know what else can i do to kind of stand out yeah you know, people, you know, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know, I was, like I said, I I was decent enough in studies, but I wasn't mm-hmm. coming first or second. 
mm. apart from probably one or so. two years. Um, yeah. And, you know, I wasn't the best in sports. I mean, I used to play a lot of mm-hmm. sports, but I wasn't, you know, the best in class or whatever. Um, mm. So the next thing was like, all right, I'm going to try, you know, being the class clown because that seemed more yeah. attainable. <laughs> and it used to yeah. resonate with everyone. So mm. again, you know, it probably goes back to trying to fit in, right? You know, you're like, all right, mm. how do I fit in? You're constantly trying to think of ways mm-hmm. um, of, uh, you know, figuring out ways of being, you know, the center of attention. Mm. Yes, so, I see, I see. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, like, if, to answer a question of how far I went, I think that's probably the farthest I, I went. I don't think I, um, I don't think I went further away from doing that, you know, Doing mm-hmm. the little um, uh, shocking the the shocking gum thing, I think that's probably the furthest mm. I, I I went. Yeah, yeah, and you and, and especially okay. in like you know those those years, you have like phases like you, you, like you know for let's say, you know you have that class gong phase, and then you have that little cool boy phase, and then you have the little um, mm-hmm. shy phase. It was a mixture mm-hmm. of mixture of everything actually, and then I see. yeah, I see. yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. I mean, I I don't think I went through any of those. <laughs> I think I just went through a shy phase until right. uh, university. University actually, like I, I, I think year ten, year seven to year probably nursery to year six. Right. I think that was me trying to fit in, but I think inevitably I hated girls then. Um, really? which was yeah 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 um i don't know why i don't when i say hate hate is a strong word mm-hmm. i i you didn't enjoy the company tend to stay away um yeah i remember there was one one girl i would give her my football and then she would just kick it over the kick it over the wall so we can't get it oh right right and, right and oh, no, i used to hate she that was as like, well i was like come on just kick the yeah ball. don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fun. exactly um and I think in from year seven to twelve, no, year seven to eleven, right. I think that was where. Uh, what can I say? I think I was kind of not scared but shy of girls because obviously I didn't really have that much interaction with them. Right. Um, and then year twelve onwards was just fine. Be friends with them, I guess. So how but, did you? Yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, just a follow-up question. You said you didn't have cool. a lot of interaction with girls. I've always wondered, like you know how they have those yeah. co-ed and then not co-ed schools, meaning you know it's just all um, boys and all girls schools. Oh so yeah. I've always yeah. wondered how when when they transition to a co-ed, how they would, mm-hmm. how they would, I guess, get used to it. I mean, I'm not saying that you are mm-hmm. single, mm-hmm. but I, it's somewhat somewhat similar. So did you, how, did you mm. did you have like any issues at first where where you're like all right how do I start a conversation with the other person was that ever an issue for you um I have that now man <laughs> uh, no <laughs> no I mean uh, now is a different different thing right <laughs> <laughs> uh I think no not really I think I treated them as um I just treated them as any other okay. like I treated them as a guy like be like how are you do so it was like never weird right like, that's that was something I've always wondered it was never okay. weird no no it's not uh, no, no, no. It, it wasn't like maybe I've blown out of proportion, but it it wasn't like like I would say hi if they said hi to me, okay. but it, I wouldn't go out my way to be like, you know, gotcha. How 
like oh best friends but right now like even in even where i work like mm-hmm. speak to everyone like everybody's friendly etc so but back then i think it it was natural okay. because especially when my mum how do i say this my mum kind of she didn't stop me from you know like hanging out with people mm-hmm. but i think it was very like all my friendship groups were guys right. um and like having a friend who was a girl was kind of looked down upon not even looked down upon but very yeah it's like do you know like what i mean don't do it kind of thing right that's, yeah that's, don't that's do it kind of thing um, yeah and i like as you grow up and now my mom's asking <laughs> when are you going to get married so that's, you know the you know, <laughs> massive I, I transition actually, <laughs> just about this i came across <laughs> a little video on this where <laughs> a little while ago i think on instagram or something and yeah. they were like yeah your parents until age you know, uh, 18, 19, 20, like, oh, don't talk to girls. And then as soon as you come up in yeah. age 20, 22, 23, 24, you're like, oh, when are you going to get married? So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, that little, um, <laughs> the little disjoint there. But um, yeah. 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 Oh, let me ask yeah. you this then. Uh, what was, did your parents ever find, okay, let me ask you this first. Did you have a girlfriend in school? uh define school do you mean uh, in... like say your first girlfriend when did you secondary um i had one in year 12 to 13 i believe no year 13 onwards. so did your parents ever know about so... it oh yeah yeah i did i told them eventually um what was their reaction <laughs> i think it was very they were surprised i think um Especially because she wasn't from the same culture. Right. Um, so it was very... I remember my mum saying, Are you, do you really want to be with her for the rest of your life? I, the, this this is what I've kind of realised. Like, I think, especially when you talk about intercourse right. or when you talk about being with someone, obviously you want a long-term thing. Right. But my mum or Asian parents uh-huh. see it as forever kind of thing don't get me wrong it's probably forever but like i think much of breaking up and all of this like my mom still talks about my ex as if she's still here like oh why did you do that to her why did you do that like why did you break up with her i'm like isn't that just part of life oh man this is this resonates so much yeah i mean you know from the same family whatever Mm -hmm. but you're Mm -hmm. right man i think the first first girlfriend that i had some grade nine i don't know and um mm-hmm. yeah i still remember um my mom going awol about it she found out through yeah. i think she saw one of my texts or whatever and mm. then um mm. either text or uh, either she caught me talking on the phone because <laughs> what i used to do was, was this in secondary oh what's secondary when, when was this like in secondary like middle school A grade nine or? middle school okay uh, right middle school okay yeah so what i used to do is uh, i used to come back home and like i said when both my mom and dad they mm. were working so i used to have like two hours of my own time just to be home alone yeah right that's yeah. and then that's usually my opportunity to you know call call her over the phone and just uh, ask her how her day was and mm-hmm. the thing is back then i i had a cell phone but mm-hmm. i you know i you had to fill up the card sim balance i don't know how to say it but you, you mm-hmm. couldn't call someone unless mm-hmm. you put money in it 
Yeah, right? like a top up. Yeah, yeah. So I used to always opt for the landline because, you know, I didn't have mm-hmm. to pay for it because it's not like I had any money, but I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. So, and my mom was smart. She didn't used to call me on my cell. She used to call me on the landline to see if I was home. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't mm-hmm. pick up on that for a while. And, you know, I was busy, chat- busy chatting with her. And then she apparently yeah. kept trying to call my phone or the landline and it uh-huh. always uh-huh. came up as busy. So that's how she caught up on it. Yeah. yeah, she was like, oh, so it looks like you've been talking to someone. And then I just went <laughs> red and silent. I was like, uh, no, oh, no. I don't think so. Why? And then she was like, oh, it's just that I've been ringing your phone, you know, ringing the landline for a couple of times and it always comes up busy. And, and, and I had to make something up, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I was talking mm. to a friend about um, homework. And then she was like, oh, for Yo. two hours? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I can't say anything that's going to really, you know. So I kind of like conceded a defeat. And then she was kind of like mad. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, this is not an age to, you know, be focusing on that. You got to, you know, focus mm-hmm. more on studies. You got to make sure you're, um, you know, on track, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So she was mm-hmm. kind of frustrated at that point. And then okay. that happened, right? And then mm. uh, my second girlfriend, she was somewhat, sometime in A-level. Um, mm. And then this time I was like, all right, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to tell her yeah. up front. Day one, yeah. That, hey, I'm yeah. in a relationship, <laughs> and I did that. Yeah. So I sat her down, and then I was like, "Look, this is what's happening. This is her. Um, mm. We're kind of in a relationship, um, you know, and stuff like that." And then mm. uh, she actually liked her. She was like, "Oh, that's good." I was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. Literally, my last <laughs> memory of this conversation was not good. <laughs> So yeah. she just flipped. What age was this? This was way? probably like two years later. So two okay. years later. I don't right. what age I was I in. I was in A-levels. Okay, so, like 17, 18. I guess so. 17, 18? Probably. 16, probably. 17, 16, 17, whatever. But then mm-hmm. she actually liked her. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, um, you know, things didn't work out. We broke up, blah, blah, blah. And then I told her about her and she was disappointed. She was like, yeah. what? Really? You don't talk to her anymore? Yeah. Why'd you do that? Like, you know, just, mm. it's like so similar to what you just told me about your mom. Mm. And I was like, wow. So this is actually, you know, it was pretty funny for me when you said that because I was like, wow, yeah. I've had the same thing. But yeah, she was just, or, she was just like, why? Why did you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess for some reason she, or, or, she liked her, but she never met her. Mm. Just off of what yeah, I told her, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I know that was the same scenario. It's weird, right? Way. Like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it might be a sister thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I never know. I don't know. Um, yeah. No. So how, how do you think that kind of, like, prepared you forward? Like, going on further, do you think, like, how would you approach the same aspect? Say, say if, like, you were to tell your parents <clears throat> that you had a girlfriend, do you think... They kind of would have the same reaction, or would you even tell them? Like, I don't know. That's a really good question, and I um, this is probably going to be a story of in itself for like a whole different episode because it's so long. But uh, yeah. in short, yeah, I've tried it, and you know, they have like mixed feelings. Mm. But you know, okay. it's I that's see. that's just how it is, and how they've, mm. I guess, you know, grown up. But it's mm. probably going to be for like a separate episode where we can probably yeah, dig episode, dip yeah. down. But um, 
I mean, you know, it's again, yeah. you know, with all the um, with the uh, cultural thing is also a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, that's it's it's always gonna it's always gonna be, you know, because they're mm-hmm. um, they're from that sort of what do you say, society, what environment, environment whatever background. background, yeah. But you know, it's it's really uh, it's really it could go both ways, man. At this point, mm. I think that's how it's gonna be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I see. I think my parents, my dad especially, he's been more liberal in the sense that once we moved here, right. we've been here for how long? Maybe eighteen, around eighteen, seventeen, eighteen years. Right. Um, I think he's kind of open to the fact that. I could, for example, marry someone outside my culture or marry someone who's, I guess, not from a Nepalese background, right? Right. Um, And I think it's, on the contrast side, my mum's very, um, marry someone who's Newari. Right, right. a lot of restrictions. From Kathmandu or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting to see that kind of two dynamic coming together. but it does seem my dad's more chill. It's like, not marry whoever you want, marry who you love. Right. Um, obviously, I think there's parts of me where I have to kind of make sure that they like my parents and my parents approve of them. Right. Because um, my parents are quite a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just like a balancing act, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, and, to- and first of all, props to your dad. For being really open, having open mind. That's not, you know, especially considering where they're from. It's not easy to do. I say exactly. that. Well, we'll see about that once this gets released. Well, must hey, be just, like, just oh, what did you say? Just him acknowledging <laughs> the fact that, you know, hey, putting it out there, I'd self, uh, think, says, yeah. speaks volumes, right? Where he's like, mm, hey, you know what? Mm. You're, um, you know, just make sure that, you know, he's he's basically being open, like open minded, be like, you don't yeah. have to, there's no restrictions, yeah, yeah. basically. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty similar on my side as well. Where it's like, mm. um, like I would, I probably wouldn't classify my dad as open-minded in that sense, but okay. relatively, probably a little more open than my mom. Probably, I'd say, like in a scale of one to ten, like a point five. Mm. Mm. So mm. a lot. <laughs> relatively that is a lot, yeah. more relatively That's progress <laughs> yeah i think um i was going to ask you like do you think when you, 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 that has to do with something with you guys um being exposed to the um culture there like do you think you know if let's just say hypothetically hypothetically if you never moved to the uk mm-hmm. right if your mom and dad were from always stayed in nepal do you think your dad would still have that mindset do you, or do you think you know him you guys actually moving there experiencing a new culture uh kind of led him to be more open yeah i mean i to an extent so my dad's quite well traveled i guess so he's been god know how many places but he's i think regardless similar to your dad i think he would have been liberal anyway okay um and in terms of my mum. I think coming here, right. so the massive stigma around it, if I was to marry someone, I think a, f- 
uh, a girl from outside uh-huh. of the Nepalese culture is divorced, right? Divorces oh are massive. Oh my God. Yeah. The D word is a massive um, no-no. Like getting a divorce yeah. is basically throwing your life in the bin. Exactly. Um, and like I, I know someone, there's an uncle here actually who used to live down the road from me. Right. He got a divorce with his Nepalese wife. Okay. Um, and now they've split apart and now sometimes my mom's like see this is what you shouldn't be doing etc um which is fair enough i think like uh, at that time they just weren't for each other etc but again i think there's a massive stigma around and yeah i i have a lot of issue with that a lot of issue yeah yeah it's like if two people are not working out mm-hmm. why force them to be together yeah, we're probably running off in a very different tangent right now, but you know, if for me that just it just strikes a nerve where I'm like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. I get it, you know, society, whatever. Right? Yeah, but if yeah. two people if they're not working out, and they know the best thing to do is to probably go separate ways, that's them mm-hmm. realizing, that's them maturing. It's not throwing your life mm-hmm. away. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. No, and I, it's the thing is the whole stigma has to do. Ha- is centered around oh what would other people think what would the society mm. think it's, it yeah. doesn't matter what you think it doesn't matter if you're happy yeah. or not but it's more about mm. what's you know what how what's your imi- uh, image going to be in the society and that's a huge thing back home i get mm-hmm. it i get why there's a huge mm-hmm. stigma stuff like that but i think but but for me it's just that i i just, just doesn't sit well with me where you're kind of forced mm-hmm. to be together mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially if you both want out, and then mm-hmm. society, and then you know, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't." Oops, you know what? You're already in this. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that really bothers me. I just, I don't want to talk more about this because, and I don't want to make this yeah. this whole segment. But um, segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just to put it out there, I have a huge issue with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe for another maybe episode, for another you never episode, know. Yeah. Um. But to answer your question, yes, it does help. I think, especially in a multicultural, such as the UK. Yeah. So people from different backgrounds come together. Um, it does It does really help. Um, especially when you're working. So my mum works with d- people from, uh, I can't even name you countries, but All from right, right. some continent, from a con- like continent of Africa, right. some people from like Eastern Europe. Like that, I think that really helps to get over the barrier or the stigma of oh their certain way because yeah. I, I think in a really weird way humans are kind of thought of like oh this person has to act this way therefore i'm gonna stay away from them right um but once you actually get to know them like i worked in Mackey's and there were people from some were gang members some were going from school some were doing other things like like i think it was quite interesting to kind of st- Mm-hmm. meet them because they were all very much different but in a really positive manner um so i do agree i think getting that kind of exposure does help yeah and um you know that's something i've really learned as well as you know um i've grown up it's like you gotta mm-hmm. have exposure you gotta learn how other people are living their life you can't always restrict mm-hmm. yourself into that one little bubble that you grew up in and that's also yeah. one of the main yeah. reasons I really want my parents to really travel. 
Um, mm-hmm. I probably don't push this as much as I should be doing to them, but you know, I really mm-hmm. want them to explore um, more of the world. So, you know, in hopes that they would um, really realize that oh, people, how people are living um, differently. Yeah, different styles, different mm-hmm. cultures, different you know, uh, different type of people that you meet. Mm-hmm. But no, oh, yeah, that's okay. So then you do agree that you know that does that did play a big role, right? In 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 mm. your again, like I, I think it played a okay. role as to what extent it did. I cannot answer that. Because sometimes, like, pre... The views they have from Nepal still is the nucleus. But much like a hard shell, like, layers have been cut off. Okay. But um, there's still that Nepalese fueling, you know, fueling the future, fueling their opinion sometimes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. I guess they've been... uh brought up in that culture for the majority of their life so it's definitely going to be difficult to really you know leave all of that but i guess mm. the fact that they're willing to learn i think mm-hmm. that's probably the, the probably going to be a very important factor to everything you know being very open it's like mm-hmm. you got to be willing to at mm-hmm. least learn and experience if you're really if yeah. you're not willing to budge at all if you're not willing to really you know um uh, change your core views, although how hard it may be, I think you're mm-hmm. never gonna really be open-minded. Mm-hmm. But mm. yeah. I think yes, like willingness to learn. But again, I think you need you could always be willing to learn, but also right. opportunity right, right. to actually go that out. True. Like my grandma hasn't been outside of Nepal until 2016 when she came over and she's don't get me wrong she hated the UK (laughs) like the weather was awful um the food was like not to a standard but I think like she got to see there's much more stuff outside of Nepal like she's always in her house always seeing the same thing but like coming to a more developed country coming to where there's multi cultures right. i think that kind of did make her maybe see a different area or different side of the world exactly and you're right opportunity is is always you know going to be going to be up there to see you know yeah you might be willing but you know if you don't have the opportunity then you know you're always restricted in that sense but yeah, I mean, just the fact that, um, you know, your grandmom, she was able to experience a whole new world. For her, it's probably a whole new world. Yeah. Like, even for me, when I first came here to the States, I was like, holy crap, mm-hmm. this is this is mm-hmm. what they show in the movies, and I'm actually in it. Yeah. So it, it yeah. kind of gives you that little, um, it humbles you. You know, mm-hmm. and like, all right, yeah. you know, this is, this is the real thing now. I've seen it, I've mm-hmm. experienced it, all right, you know. And then that also, I think, really, um, really aids you in a sense that all right, you know, I've got to start, um, you know, you, you you start broadening your horizons, essentially. Mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just hope you know um, more people, more um, of our family members get the opportunity to really explore what's out there, because it's really easy mm. to get sucked into a certain culture, sucked into a certain society, and just make that your whole life. Yeah. But I so I yeah. just hope and pray that you know 
people uh, make a little bit more effort, those who can, to travel, to learn, mm-hmm. to gain more experience, just to see what's out there. Because yeah. most, you know, yeah. you learn so much by just seeing, man. It's mm. yeah, it's, it's crazy how, um, yeah, you know, uh, how, uh, how it's, you'll realize that there's uh, so many things out there that uh, you had no mm-hmm. idea that they existed. Mm. So yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 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 No, that's very, I think that's a great way to end the episode, maybe. Yeah, and to kind of like, you know. Get yourself exposed out there. Right. See what there is and kind of, you know, explore, basically. Exactly. There's so much out there. The different cultures. Not every... Exactly. Right. Exactly. Make the best out of it. And, yes, exactly. And then I think that should be the end. All right, man. Pleasure being here. You know, a pleasure. pleasure. It, was, it was great doing this. I mean, you know, uh, granted, we're going <laughs> to... We're probably gonna be back here again. Um, this was really exactly. fun. You know, this was like a yeah good experience, and just to you know sit down and talk with you know talk with you, uh, share our experiences yeah, for sure. It was amazing, man. Mm. And uh, yeah, hope yeah. to hope to do this again pretty soon. Yeah, for sure it will be, and I think it's a great way of just getting close. We might even get the others, right. the other cousins, other brothers, and other sisters as well. Right. So the more yeah. the merrier, man. Till the then. more the merrier exactly till then have a good one you as well brother talk to you soon all right bye bye talk to you soon bye